Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins is back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me turn my mic on. Hello. <laughs> hey, good to see you. Yep. Already monkey buttons already. <laughs> monkey, <laughs> monkey button Monday. Yep. Right back in. Yes, sir. You know, so everything going on over the weekend, you're going to get the big news update this morning, you know, from, you know, like Good Morning America, the Today Show, or whatever. It's not where I go to get my news, but I want to see what they're telling people are, are the big stories out there. You know, they didn't mention anything about any more Twitter files being dropped. Not one thing. Yeah. Not one thing. Not a cursory It's like mention. a blackout. It's like nothing happened. Oh, it's, yes. a, it's a total blackout. Unbelievable. Because, because it's making their buddies look bad in big tech. I mean, you had a couple of other drops over the weekend talking about the influence campaign of people within the government, people within campaigns pressuring Twitter employees to censor political opponents. And people making it up as they go. Michelle Obama saying, get Trump off Twitter. And yeah. the next thing you know, he's off Twitter. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing after another after another. Okay. And it's about COVID. And professionals saying, you know, I think we're going about this wrong. No, we're, we're, gonna, we're going to make sure that message doesn't get out there. That's what we find out from Twitter, along with a whole lot of other stuff. I mean... <laughs> Elon Musk actually tweets out himself, my pronouns are, what was it, prosecute Fauci? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make the news cycle? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, they, they want to they wanna keep all of that under wraps because, I mean, they, I, I've seen a lot of uh, people who claim to be journalists saying, well, we're not going to waste our viewers or listeners or readers' time on this. And I'm like, dude, that... That's exactly what you said about the Hunter Biden laptop story. And now all of you are, you know, very regretfully coming out and saying, "Okay, yeah, maybe that was a story. Uh, I mean, the news judgment isn't about judging whether or not something is newsworthy. It's about what can we do to make sure our buddies look good in the public light and our enemies look the worst as possible. Okay, so then let's all admit that Trump was right when he said it, and we've said it many times, they are the enemy of the people. Legacy media. Enemy of the people because you're supposed to be news outlets and you don't tell people what's going on. That's news. We all know it is. Sometimes you're doing a horrible job just by ignoring what the real stories are. They do that several times. They did it with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Everybody knew that was real at the time. They're into propaganda, period, the end. That's what it is. They are enemy of the people because they won't let people know what's going on. It, it is so infuriating. And they put themselves out there like, you know, defenders of democracy mm-hmm. and truth and what this country is about. You are frauds. Every single freaking one of you. Total frauds. If you are a real journalist, you should quit your freaking job today. Have you seen how many Edward R. Murrow awards they have, though? Who cares? <laughs> Go around there and pat themselves on the back Edward of what R. a great Murrow journalist they are. Yeah, I know. 
Give me a break. All the self-congratulatory awards. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Which... No, I'm serious, man. If you, you consider yourself a real journalist, you would quit today. And say, this isn't about news. This isn't about letting people know what's really going on. It's disgusting, man. It really, really is. But I tell you, and I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounded crazy the day when Elon Musk takes over Twitter, and I'm like, we could look back and say, dude, this guy saved free speech. You never know. And I know people roll their eyes and they're like, okay, whatever, goof. I'm serious, man, watching all this. If that dude didn't exist, would any of this come out? No. The other part of it, there are so many people, especially in their 20s, friends of my own kids or people that I know, they don't follow really any news. It's not legacy news, Mm -hmm. and it's not conservative news. They get news off of social media. And a lot of people have been fascinated with Elon Musk for years. Solely by that guy tweeting what's going on, there are people in their 20s opening their eyes saying, oh, my gosh. This really happened? Holy cow. At least that that part they can't stop. Right. Um, but more on that a little bit later. I know there's other news out there. Well, the worst trade in the history of trades happened yeah. the other day. Oh, not Yeah, not a very good one last week. Uh, we're talking about the swap where we gave Russia a terrorist in exchange for a WNBA player who couldn't go a month without weed. Well, they, they did send us a minor league Russian female basketball right. player in return yeah, too. Good. Yeah, we got a pick there. We got to get draft picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and a draft like pick that. too. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, Are well, they going to kill people <laughs> on the courts? Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll see about that. Right. Yeah. Well, John John Kirby, he's one of the spokesmen for the White House, and apparently he's just a robot. You know, you program in the talking points, oh, and he's off to the races. He was on ABC's This Week yesterday to talk about the prisoner swap and. He said something that, if you were listening to the show on Friday, seems awfully familiar. Um, Here is uh, what he had to say about one of the worst trades in history. Okay. He would have gone free anyway in 2029. He wasn't serving a life sentence. It's a long Uh, way away. It's six years away. Uh, And nobody's doing backflips over there. Again? Nobody's doing backflips. That's because they're all over 80. (laughs) About the fact that Mr. Boot is a free man six years earlier than he would have been. Uh, but we're going to protect our national security. And uh, if Mr. Boot decides to go back to his previous line of work, then we're going to do what we need to do uh, to hold him accountable and to protect our interests. And what is that, John? What are you going to do <laughs> to hold him accountable? Give me a break. Yeah. Well, apparently, though, that's the line now. Nobody's doing backflips. Here's that montage we had on Friday. Jeez. I'll tell you this. Uh, nobody's doing backflips here, Chuck, about the fact that Mr. Boot is a free man. Look, nobody's doing backflips over here, Dana, that he's a free man again. Look, nobody's doing backflips here, Martha. We're going to be vigilant. We were vigilant about our national security while he was in jail. We're going to stay vigilant on this. We're going to be uh, just as vigilant uh, about our national security uh, now that he's out. He would have been free in 2029. It was not like he was serving a life sentence. <laughs> See? And apparently six years and change in prison is equal to zero years in prison. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Jeez. <laughs> Just a national embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, meanwhile, you say uh, Fauci is doing the farewell tour? Yeah. Well, he's retiring, you know. Oh, the science itself is going away. Uh, he was on Chris Wallace's show on CNN. What? Yeah, Chris, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace has a show? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> actually called Who's Talking to Chris Wallace, which well, no is, one is actually <laughs> really funny to me. Yeah. Oh who's who's watching Chris, Chris Wallace <laughs> would be more fun. 
Now, I, I will say the angry duckling, formerly of Fox News, actually did ask an important question, looking in the rearview mirror. Hey, you know that the people who were most at risk were over the age of 69. Like, why? if you had it to do over again, would you have advocated for these lockdowns, especially schools, things like that? Okay. Looking back, and I understand that this has been a dynamic situation, it's changed over time. Could we have been less restrictive about schools and less restrictive about closing down the economy and focused, if not from the very start, earlier on, on the elderly? You know, in the absence of vaccination, that would have been very difficult to do. But right now that you have the ability to vaccinate people, you can actually clearly be much more liberal and open in what we're doing, which is where we, we are really right now. But in the very beginning, <laughs> I'm going to get the plug in again for the vaccine. Yes. Even though we just heard this a few weeks ago, there are more people that have been vaccinated that are dying of COVID yeah. than people that haven't been vaccinated. Okay. Go ahead, Lord Fauci. When essentially everyone was at risk of infection, you can pass it on to someone else inadvertently, innocently, and have that person suffer a dire consequence. So when you're dealing in the beginning, it was like a tsunami that you needed to shut off quickly and then open up as quickly as you possibly can. It didn't work. Wasn't the question because it was people that were older to basically make sure they're protected first? You wouldn't do anything different. Are you kidding me? Everybody's got a, the world has to stop for this virus. You know, man, of course, why would you expect anything different from that guy? I'm thinking like somebody that crashed a plane where people died. Okay. If you had to do over again, well, I didn't know there was going to be the storm that we were going to go through. Had I known the storm? Yes, I would have averted it. I just didn't know. We did the best at that time. I didn't know this. Had I known, I would have done something different. That's all you're looking for that guy to say. Yeah. He won't do it. Jeez, man. I'm getting angry for you, Scott, because I know you've no. had some blood pressure issues. <laughs> no, no. This drives me bananas. <laughs> I just sometimes have to sit back and laugh. I just think we're all going to be celebrating Christmas very soon, except there'll be a very few of them who will be celebrating the anniversary of their Lord and Savior retiring. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> It'll be Fauci-vous. Fauci <laughs> kind of like Festivus, only different. It's Fauci-vous. <laughs> is that where we throw darts at the little Fauci? I actually, no. Fauci-vous is where you actually just walk around and the grieving of, or the airing of grievances is actually just yelling at people, where's your mask? <laughs> right, exactly, David. See, we can write the rules on this. It's yeah, our holiday. Like it. We yeah. invented this, right? Oh, gosh. And he's back. Big news here, but do we know why he's back or why he was gone? Yeah, viewers of the Today Show got a dose of Miguel Almaguer this morning. That was the first text message I got this morning was Scott saying, Miguel is back! I couldn't believe it! Yeah, He's been off the air for, what, a month and a half now? Yeah. Uh, After his report on the Paul Pelosi attack, which went against what the feds were saying about what went down. The short version is the feds claimed when the cops got to Pelosi's house... Pelosi and his assailant were there fighting over a hammer, but Miguel and now the local NBC affiliate uh, reported that Paul answered the door alone and then went back inside the house where he was attacked. So that has raised a lot of questions. Why wouldn't you go out to 
be with the Cobbs when they got there. It's so odd. Now, NBC News retracted Miguel's report but never said what he got wrong, and finally he came back on the air this morning to talk about the weather. Okay. But let's get it started with NBC's Miguel Almaguer. He's in Truckee, California this morning. Miguel, good morning. Yes. Savannah, good morning. I want to show you exactly what the Sierra Nevada is dealing with. The storm system out here just blanketed this area oh, under yeah. several feet of snow. You could say they got hammered with snow. <laughs> now, I will say they, they did not openly address his absence. But if you listen closely to his whole report, I think he explained exactly why the Pelosi story was pulled and why he was taken off the air. Okay, listen okay. here. All right. Brutal and dangerous people put me at risk. There you go. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> so again, not addressed at all the reason no. this guy was taken off the air for like six weeks because he didn't follow NBC's high standards of reporting. And now they got him doing weather. Which is a bigger story than the Twitter drop. They're going to bake cakes tomorrow with Miguel. And there's a lot to get to. One, one liberal really lost his mind and got owned. You got to hear this straight ahead. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I don't know if you saw the story. You know, a lot of schools haven't used their pandemic funds uh, on some of the things that they said they needed at the time. Well, they got a new scoreboard, though. You're not, are, are you no. telling me that all that money did not go towards uh, HVAC upgrades? Apparently not, David. Oh. We heard that a lot. Remember Ron Klain, who basically runs the White House? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'll give you a word. Money. Yeah, that's why the schools can't open back up back right. in the day, because of COVID. It's money. That's why the President of the United States sent a plan to Congress, even before he took office, to make the investments you need to make the schools safe. Got to make them safe. At that point, what, the uh, there had been uh, something like $160 billion already allocated towards public education? At that point, yes. Just need more money. Okay. You know how much they gave to the schools in the American Rescue Plan? How much? Another $122 billion. Because that's what they needed. Even Jen Psaki said that it. There is funding in the American uh, mm. Rescue Plan is yeah. to ensure that school districts that don't have the funding they need to ensure they are equipped to reopen, to meet that bar and exceed it, yes. uh, are able to do exactly that. And you remember, like, the union president, Randy Weingarten, oh, great yeah. American, said, <laughs> you want teachers to die if you don't want to give them the money. So as it turns out... Uh, well, most of these schools have yet to spend the majority of the money they received in the three rounds of relief since hmm. 2020. Saw this report. Um, wow. Golly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, and they're trying to figure out, okay, so you've got, as of October, schools had used less than 15% of the money they had received through the American Rescue Plan more than a year earlier. Uh so if it was so urgent during COVID that they have the additional resources, why didn't they use it? Remember, we were talking about mm. it at the time. If, you, if, if that were really the case, that you desperately needed better ventilation systems or whatever to, to reopen schools safely, then why didn't it come with, I don't know, and we've got a fleet of HVAC technicians yes. ready to roll going in there because in a lot of places in most places schools have reopened and have not gotten those upgrades so it was all a lie dude um where did the money go 
Well, they've padded their payrolls Mm -hmm. and expanded programs they had pursued long before COVID ever happened. So they're saying now what you could be looking at is, you know, by the fall of 2024, that's when the full round of funding expires. So you've hired all these new positions, given people a raise. Well, that cash is going to be gone. How are you going to pay for all of it? You're going to have to lay a bunch of people off? Was Zelensky and a you still have on the, this? Okay. You, you still have the HVAC system yeah, that yeah. still is it's just not up to par, apparently. No. What a scam this is. Yeah. And how is it, too, that it's like this is what the money's for. It's for the HVAC. So this is where the money has to go. Yeah. And you keep track of that. They don't do it. Here's the cash. Do whatever you want with it. That's exactly what it was. You know, at most businesses, there's like a CapEx budget. Mm-hmm. So if it's in the budget, you have to spend it on certain things. It can't just be, well, we had a little manager's retreat yeah. down to Cabo. <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> no, that's not what the money's allocated for. Right. Well, th- this is what happens, though, when you have teachers unions actually writing uh, for the CDC and saying that we just need the cash. Trust us. We'll handle it well. Something else legacy media will never report on because they're enemy of the friggin' people. Yes, it ticks me off. Hey, you know what? I got a story that's going to make uh, Robin smile. And maybe you already saw this about Keith Olbermann. <laughs> what? So you already did see this? Dying story? for any sort of attention he could possibly get. What crazy stuff can I crank out today? Um. He is all over, you know, the tweets about what is going on oh, yeah. and, and with Fauci and everything else. Um, but then someone comes back at him uh, with one of the greatest stones I've seen in a while. Oh, he's a very sad person, too. He's so sad. It, it, just one just job to another. Pathetically sad. Just yes. ticked off. Um, anyway, he was talking about... Uh, Everything going on with Jack Dorsey at Twitter, and, and people are making a big deal out of Elon Musk. And then all of a sudden, this dude comes in and says, you're a childless, unmarried, 63-year-old hack, huffing antipsychotics with nothing but a podcast that appeals to cat ladies. Oh. Woo! Yeah! The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. So maybe you saw it over the weekend. Uh, well, Fox covered it, conservative outlets, yeah. that the Twitter files revealed that the Donald Trump ban on Twitter came because there were a lot of people that were calling for him to be booted off the platform. A lot of people in high positions, like Michelle Obama. Well, does it get any bigger? I suppose other than Big O, but if you yeah. were to say that, it, someone would call you sexist. Sexist! <laughs> right. Just be one of those things. So Michael Schellenberger, journalist, he was on, was that Twitter drop three or was that two? I think, I think so. I think it that was, was three. It was the internal communications by Twitter execs. And this was between January 6th and January 8th, 2021, um, including and shortly after the riot, the Capitol building. So among the files, Schellenberger reported that internal and external pressure, including from the former first lady, had fallen onto Twitter before they had made the call that they were going to boot Trump, even though he had not violated policies they were afraid of. 
what those Trump followers might think or do after reading his tweets. Mm -hmm. Like, be peaceful and go home. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Michelle Obama's tweet was, now is the time for Silicon Valley companies to stop enabling this monstrous behavior and go even further than they have already by permanently banning this man from their platforms and putting in place policies to prevent their technologies from being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection. And if we have any hope of improving this nation, now is the time for swift and serious consequences for the failure of leadership that led to yesterday's shame. There you go. They were listening. Do you think Elon Musk is playing this thing like a, like a, a series, television series, like Yellowstone Part 80, Season 3? I mean, where you get a little, a little dribs bit. and drabs. You yeah. don't get the whole thing. I mean, you get like, and it gets more compelling every time. Can I, can I, I'll, I'll just tell you this personally, you know, as they're dropping this stuff over the weekend at night and whatnot, it's almost like they don't want people to see it. It's, it is weird it's that it's on the weekend. Yeah. It's, it's and in the evening. It's just very frustrating to me as I'm trying to follow it for the show and for my own curiosity trying to understand like what exactly happened what's the significance of this and they're putting it out there like they don't want anyone to see it like it's the friday afternoon yeah data dump sort of thing i think that's fair criticism well maybe it's done for a reason i don't i don't know man i there's every time i think about this guy i think there's something behind whatever it is he does he's not a dumb guy like he's always like three or four pieces ahead of you you know just Yes. That kind of person. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like. I'll put it this way, man. You say, don't put faith in humans. They'll let you down every single time. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to be careful when I talk about Elon Musk to say, I love what he's doing right now. Outside of what David said, I'd rather it be on like Tuesday through Thursday instead of Friday through Sunday. Yeah. Um, But in the end, sometimes you feel like beggars can't be choosers. I'm glad that it's coming out. Yeah. And I guess somewhat not surprised that legacy media doesn't cover it, but at some point you have to cover something, don't you? I was really surprised the Sunday shows just there's no mention of it even. I mean, not even a cursory, like, you know, two minute segment or something. Yeah, because at some point Yeah, you, you can't ignore it, right? I mean if you go back, say, to the Hunter Biden laptop story in October of twenty twenty there were enough people around the country that were unfamiliar with the story because they had buried it on purpose. And part of that, of course, was Twitter. This feels different because it's out there. Yeah. (laughs) It's just that legacy media doesn't cover it. So does that mean, you know, people over 40 or 50 are not seeing it, but everybody else is because they're on a lot of social media? Maybe. Mm. It's more the sense you get, but I guess... We'll see in the end. But it's fascinating how to, how they came to these conclusions. And who knows what's coming next. Um, you know, I mean, are you to predict? If you had to predict, what are we going to find out in the next week from any Twitter files? Uh, I, I, I wonder if we're not going to hear a little bit more about FBI involvement or just even just federal government involvement in general. Yeah. Because they were trying to squish that down yesterday. Yeah. That was John Kirby saying, well, we, that's not something we would do. Right. What did you meet every week for? Right. What, what exactly were you 
were those conversations like? What was the purpose of them, and why were you doing it? So what, you would tell Facebook then that, hey, there's Russian disinformation coming your way, wink, wink, yeah. but we're not going to tell Twitter that? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not buying that. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense at all. So you wonder if that's going to come out. I would love it if John Kirby's name is actually on the tweet, too. That would be fun if that comes out. <laughs> but anyway, um, well, part and part of this whole drop over the weekend is part of what's my story today. But we always start with David on that. It's what's your story. As you're going through all your preparation. It may not be the biggest story of the day, but either you thought it was important or you at least thought it was funny. It caught your attention, David. What's your story today? Oh, uh, from Politico, that stupid January 6th committee thing. They yeah. have started reviewing drafts of their final report. And Politico got the hot scoop. Ooh. They have some of the first details of what the report will look like, including <gasps> chapter topics. You're going to go through these topics with you, okay? There are eight <laughs> chapters. Oh, in yeah. this, which is basically as consequential as the 9-11 report. <laughs> okay. This right. was an all-out <laughs> attempted coup. And automatically, <laughs> from jump, you can see that this is a partisan exercise, and it's just... Uh, I would find it funny if there weren't so many liberals who were actually hanging on every word word of this thing. But Outside no of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, there is there anyone else saying this was an all-out attempted coup? Oh, a lot of people have. Yeah. But again, a lot of the people who are who Maybe are trying to push words, the narrative. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All uh right. so the the first chapter is called The Big Lie, which is I mean automatically you know this thing is going to be a joke, right? It is so weird to me that liberals have co-opted a pro-Nazi uh piece of propaganda to describe this now. It's it's so freaking weird. It's but like they don't somebody, even know it. Somebody like Wikipedia, big lie, saw, uh, saw the Nazis and just figured that it was something that Nazis were pushing. Well, no, 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 That's, that was actually what they were saying about the Jews, was that they had, you know, this big lie that they weren't a threat, they weren't controlling interest and things like that. I mean, it is actually amazing to me that they have used pro-Nazi propaganda <laughs> and then they call us fascists. It's <laughs> freaking astounding. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, number two, state local government pressure. False electors, number three. Chapter four, effort to corrupt the DOJ. Unlike the pinnacle of uh, proper law enforcement practices that the current DOJ. <laughs> I can't even get that sentence. Oh, yeah. you know. uh, the Pence pressure campaign, number six, summoning the mob. Because Donald Trump summoned a mob. Ah. God. Uh, 187 minutes of inaction and then analysis of the Capitol attack. Okay. And that's when the tears came. <laughs> Brian Stelter out of context, yet still funny <laughs> and appropriate. You can put that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Scott, what is your story today? Well, uh, former uh, television host Jamel Hill has released her memoir entitled Uphill. The book explores her uh, self-purported journey into overcoming racism in America, and she spends significant time promoting her new book across various networks, The Times, and among others, publishing fawning reviews everywhere. She told Deadspin she hoped the memoir would propel her 
to best-selling author status, a feat she was confident she'd reach. Now, Dead, the, Deadspin interviewed her, huh? Yes. Some big outlets. Wow. The news came up. On, <laughs> the book came out October the 25th. Now let's look at the sales, all right? All right. The sales for the moment are par, on par with self-published cookbooks from aspiring authors who write as a side hustle. <laughs> They're selling more books than Jamel Hill. Darn the luck, anyway. I don't like to make fun of other people's misfortune unless they're Jamel Hill. No, you, or anybody else. You make fun of everybody's misfortune, Scott. Well, David, I wanted to save that, but that's okay. <laughs> Especially her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I remember, it was probably 15 years ago, I would catch Jim Rome, sports talk, and he would occasionally have Jamel Hill on uh, his TV show. I don't know who she is. Okay, it's fine. I don't agree with that many takes, but whatever. And if someone would have told me who this person was going to grow into and use her firing at ESPN to be this race warrior that somehow that because she's black, she's kept from all these great things in her career. Are you friggin' kidding me? What a joke that is. I just like the way that Aunt Ida's published, unpublished cookbook sold more coffee. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, my story today, well, it had to do with uh, an Elon Musk tweet. That's, the, that's where this story starts. And it was about Fauci, where he just said, my pronouns are... <laughs> Prosecute Fauci. Yes. <laughs> when I saw it, dude, I'm like, holy mackerel. Because obviously he's seen all these internal documents from twitter he knows something we don't and it's going to come out and it's all i've asked for for a long time is i hope the truth about fauci at some point comes out and that gave me hope that it would but you have senator mark kelly from arizona come out and defend not only fauci but also ask a favor of elon musk saying, Elon, please don't mock and promote hate toward already marginalized and at-risk-of-violence members of the LGBTQ plus community. They are real people with real feelings. Furthermore, Dr. Fauci is a dedicated public servant whose sole motivation was saving lives. <laughs> and that's why he graced the cover of InStyle magazine. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Mark Kelly... Senators out there trying to be this voice of reason and peace and respect of all people, right? Elon Musk comes back. I strongly disagree. Forcing your pronouns upon others when they didn't ask and implicitly ostracizing those who don't is neither good nor kind to anyone, which I happen to agree with. As for Fauci, he lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. Not awesome IMO. <laughs> yes yeah. so the richest man in the world is speaking truth that is pretty cool to me i i love to see that happening so that was my story today okay there's much more to get to um they're saying a new toilet can diagnose health issues by listening to <laughs> your yes. bowel movements and oh. sounds <laughs> How about the after? I can kind of do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I, ah! I think it says to you both, go see a doctor. <laughs> and then a news update on the Colorado extremists. Straight ahead. <laughs> All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David. Um, this seems troubling to me based on last uh, few weeks and comments about people. Yeah. Um, you can explain this story. Well, I will I'll just say this. I read this story over the weekend, and I'm still literally shaking. <laughs> at the bigotry on display from NBC News. Agreed. So they're writing this story about the Colorado Springs uh, gay nightclub shooter um, who apparently has decided to use they, them pronouns, non-binary, you see. Mm-hmm. And that is being that that's how this person is being referred to uh, in the courtroom now. They, them, not a he. Right. And so I remember because, you know, it's a longstanding tradition that's about two years old that if somebody uses they, them pronouns, you are supposed to respect that. And if you don't respect that, then you are a fascist bigot, right? That's what that's what we've been hearing. Nobody would just make it up, right? No one would just pretend to be non-binary. That's them. It's their truth. <laughs> NBC their News. Their truth is important. You're hateful if you don't recognize their truth. NBC News has an article called Why Extremism Experts say it's worth doubting the Colorado shooting suspect's pronouns. What? <laughs> I am what? trembling right now. In How fact, I think I'm traumatized. That's uh, the truth. Take, you take a personal day tomorrow, dude. I, I kind of, yeah. I, I mean, I'm about you to need, just turn off the microphone and walk away. Curl just, up in the couch and cry for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the situation, they write... Uh, has put LGBTQ people in a difficult place. Some have felt forced to invalidate the suspect's gender identity, and others have defended it, while noting that a non-binary person could be capable of harboring anti-LGBTQ hatred. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, the the Pulse nightclub shooter was gay. (laughs) They never want to bring that up. It's like, yeah, he was... No, they don't. He he had ascribed to a, a radical Islamic belief system, and mm-hmm. one of the theories as to why he went and killed all those people is because he had those urges that he could not control. And so it's, you know, you get the radical ideology plus self-hatred, and then he went and did this monstrous thing. So, yes, I mean, members of the community can commit acts of violence in the community. Oh. But online extremism experts say the suspect could be trolling and that the discord and confusion created among the queer community and right-wing pundits could be intentional. So you got to mind read to know whether the person is telling the truth or not. Right. Unless yes. they say, no, just believe them. Instead of, you know what's really easy? Just be consistent. Right. You know? It's a man, baby! <laughs> it's, it's like right! This, this burly dude who choked out his girlfriend wants to go to the women's prison now. Respect his pronouns! <laughs> This Who guy, would want to gain an advantage? He might be. No one would want to change their pronouns to gain Hell some yeah. sort of advantage, especially not in the legal system, because that's a marginalized community, we're told. Mm-hmm. By the way, I uh, mentioned this briefly. Uh, the Acoustical Society of America, their annual meeting was in Nashville, and they do have this new diagnostic tool called the diarrhea detector. <laughs> Using AI to analyze the sounds happening inside the to- toilet bowl to know if your health is on par it's something irregular <laughs> christmas gift for scott and david on the way oh, man. are you ready 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, people are still talking about one of the worst trades ever. (laughs) The WNBA star for the arms dealer, responsible for thousands of lives across the world. Yes. Okay. So we have some words of wisdom here from a congressperson. Oh, yeah. Well, Democrats are really reaching to try to justify the swap that Biden did. Again, sending a convicted Russian terrorist back to Russia in exchange for a WNBA player who was arrested for bringing weed into the country. Hmm. We have uh, some Democrats that are not down with it at all, but I guess some got the talking points. Some, and they're trying. They're trying to spin this as really a win. Uh, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee was on Joy Reid's show, so oh, it was gosh. the Brain Trust wow. on MSNBC. What a show that is. Yeah. Uh, had this to say about Victor Booth. Okay. His weapons might have been used to kill Americans. He has not killed Americans. I'm not saying he's not a nasty, bad guy, but I will tell you that I believe that Americans should know that the sovereignty of their nation will always be behind them and they'll never be forgotten. Yeah. He he didn't actually kill anyone. I mean, he just supplied the weapons for him. The the funny thing to me... It's like fentanyl dealers. Right. The, the, The funny thing to me here is that she's big on gun control. Remember, she had said that she fired an AR-15 once, and it was so heavy in her hands. And there's no difference between this AR and a 50 cal. There is a pretty big difference, but all right. Um, And when the Democrats were going through their gun grab bill uh, over the summer, uh, this is what she wrote. The final gavel and victory for the first gun bills passed and on to the House floor in 30 years. A ban on assault weapons and lifting the ban on gun manufacturers being sued by victims of the bloodshed created by their guns. So if you are Glock or Smith & Wesson or Sig Sauer, you're responsible for people using your products in an illegal manner. But this Russian arms dealer never killed anybody. Got it. Yes. Got it. She's the one the Constitution's 400 years old, too, right? <laughs> That's one of her classics. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And did you know that reparations could have saved black people from COVID? Right. That doozy was just within the last year. Man, you are flashing me back here. Yes, I remember that now. I think she is an yeah. American icon. Honestly, Sheila Jackson Lee. I mean, for people of color... Or low intelligence to say you can't get ahead? I say BS. Look at this inspirational figure right here. Oh, that list is long, man. Because, you, I mean, you may think that you really have a tough hill to climb, but I say... We will overcome! Heck yes. And that's the kind of spirit this country needs. Again, for all people and even people of low intelligence. Now, let's get to Anthony Fauci. He is saying now he's not the science? No, 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 no. Uh, on a few occasions, actually, Dr. Anthony Fauci has said, I am the science. You criticize me, uh-huh. you're criticizing the science. That's what I That's thought. What I am. 
Okay. Now, he was asked about that by the angry duckling now on CNN, known as Chris Wallace. <laughs> Who knew he had a show on CNN? <laughs> well, I had no idea. I, seriously, I saw it this morning. I had no idea he had a show on CNN. Well, it's been for months, dude. Yeah. I didn't Remember know. CNN Plus, and then it went belly well, I up. I knew the yeah. CNN Plus thing, but I didn't know, I didn't know what happened to him after that. Yeah, well, well, we got a contract. we got to put him somewhere. In fairness, ah. Chris Wallace sometimes forgets that he has a show on CNN. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> He's like playing right field of cable media now. <laughs> <laughs> there are some great players in right field, Scott. I'm, I'm more looking little league here. Than I got gotcha. you. Okay, he's All the right. designated hitter in the T-ball league. <laughs> right. Yes. Don't get a glove on him. Oh gosh. So Fauci said what? Well, he he said, said, "I am the science, or I'm not the well, science." Well, he tried. He tried to clarify. He go, I'm okay. not literally the science. I'm just oh, a messenger sure, of the I can science. understand how that could have been taken out of context, and I probably had to do it all over again, would have changed the wording a little bit of that. But I was trying to say, Chris, so when you're criticizing me, you're actually criticizing the scientific facts, because I'm just <laughs> the vocal and visible vehicle of the scientific facts. That's what I meant when I was saying. All right, before he ends there, okay. <laughs> we know from the documents he knew masks did very little good if anything at all mm -hmm. he said that initially and then he changed and said yeah you gotta wear your mask it's going to help with the prevention that extra bit of safety maybe two masks remember they were even talking about triple masking oh, at yeah. one point in time but while he was out there saying you got a mask he's also texting his friend saying yeah it's not going to do anything for you i wouldn't waste your time and now he's saying what I meant was that people don't like what I say. It's that I represent science. Right. You're a freaking liar, dude. You're criticizing science. I wasn't mean to be that, oh, holy me, I'm science. That's not what I was talking about. Sure. Yeah. It's all going to come out, dude. I am the science cuckoo kachoo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, what else is out there? Oh, yeah, saw this. Um <laughs> Elon Musk, Twitter, of course, big story with uh, more Twitter files over the weekend. And now, as far as Fauci goes, you have some people coming to his defense because Elon Musk had tweeted about Fauci and saying, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. <laughs> so John Brennan, former CIA director, well, he came in, took a little swipe at Elon Musk saying, Dr. Fauci is a national hero who will be remembered for generations to come for his innate goodness and many contributions to public health. <laughs> wow. And then, in the swipe at Musk said, despite your business success, you will be remembered most for fueling hate and public divisions. You may have money, but you have no class. Mm. Well, that means a lot coming from a big liar like Brennan, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Well... Elon Musk didn't even have to come to his own defense. Other people did, which is pretty funny. Nick Searcy, actor, said Fauci killed countless Americans, destroyed countless businesses, destroyed the education and daily lives of countless children, and lied repeatedly to accomplish all of that. No wonder an America-hating communist piece of garbage like John Brennan thinks he's a hero. Yeah. Here we go. And this is where it's at. Steve Hilton, who hosts... Uh, Fox News is the next revolution. Also weighed in, saying, no, Fauci will be remembered for his demented obsession with gain-of-function research, 
which drove him to evade Obama and Trump administration rules to commission the reckless experiments in Wuhan that are the most likely origin of the pandemic that killed millions of people. So Brennan sees this. Brennan comes back and then doubles down by saying good people in democracies need a more effective way to prevent attention-craving, emotionally immature, and highly devious individuals, especially those of means, from being socially, culturally, and politically destructive. We certainly seem to have far too many of them lately. Oh. Old man yelling at clouds is getting angry, isn't he? Mm -hmm. A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then you've got this Democrat from New York, Richie Torres, um, says Elon Musk wants to criminalize Anthony Fauci because he disagrees with him. Elon is no champion of free speech. Oh, God. And then you have uh, Viva Frey. Are you familiar with Viva Frey from Canada, David? Uh, yeah. Pretty popular? Yeah. He then said, I'm pretty sure Elon Musk wants to criminalize Fauci because Fauci lied under oath, engaged in gain-of-function research in a Chinese lab, jeopardized the entire planet and arguably contributed to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people to then which Elon Musk got back in with a one word tweet that said, correct. Yeah. I like uh, <clears throat> Representative Dean Phillips. He's a, a Democratic representative says Anthony Fauci has likely saved more li more human lives than any living person in the world. Oh, boy. You know, you, you know <laughs> that Broadway will do a musical on Fauci. <clears throat> It'll be some elaborate thing. Gain of function junction will be the big song from it. <laughs> <laughs> it they'll, he'll be, it'll be books and movies and biographies. And it's over, dude. I'm Who's telling you, go? man, these people dude. that will pay to go see it because he is still the Lord and Savior. Just those people. It's getting smaller well, all it may the time. To the get more smaller. truth comes out. They love him, though. They still love him. Oh, man. Um, oh, David, you have new details in the luggage thief. Yeah. Very normal person, not yeah. mentally ill. Yeah, so that non-binary puppy play bondage dude that Biden put in charge of handling nuclear waste in our country. Yeah. Wow, yeah, what that, a title. That guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has a problem with stealing women's luggage. Uh, we got word last week that cops in Nevada issued a warrant for uh, Sam Brenton because he stole a piece of luggage at Harry Reid International in Vegas. Uh, this news broke just weeks after he was busted stealing luggage in Minneapolis. Now, apparently, as the timeline goes, uh, the Vegas theft actually happened over the summer. And the cops had kind of stopped looking into it because they couldn't identify him. They didn't know who this guy was. Uh, but a couple of things happened. One, there were some Instagram posts where he's mm -hmm. featured with the stolen luggage. <laughs> yeah, because they had the stills of the person that did it yeah. in Vegas. And so they're looking back at Instagram. And like, hey, that's the shirt of the guy that took the luggage. Yeah, the shirt, I mean, yeah. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and then they saw the news reports out of Minneapolis that said, yes. oh, well, hey, that's that guy. <laughs> we got him. All right. Here's the thing, man. How many other times did he do it and not get caught? Dude, yeah, yeah, you don't you don't do it twice and have and, and don't have a history of doing it multiple times. Well, how many of those nice gowns that he was wearing were actually somebody else's? Again, I go, yeah. I, I go back to that Kate Hyde uh uh take. She's a commentator that she had like a couple weeks ago was, you know, his wardrobe makes a lot more sense when you realize he's shopping out of other people's luggage. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what was happening, apparently. Well, the other thing is, and I don't know this, does he ever dress like a dude? Because I know he's non-binary. So he's got, like, the facial hair. Sometimes he'll have the goatee or the stash. But then everything else, I think he's dressing like a woman. But if sometimes he feels like a dude, he's going to have to steal a lot of luggage. I know, you got to have two sets of clothes, and then for all seasons? Imagine seeing this guy on the news going, that's my dress! <laughs> <laughs> he identified that dress as his. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Oh, by the way, speaking of trans transitioning, the retired Navy SEAL that was trans, detransitioned, has a story to tell. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay. What did you think of Elon Musk showing up at Dave Chappelle's show at the Chase Center in San Francisco last night? Yeah. Odd. Kind of funny. He'll do about anything. Yeah. When asked, I'm assuming Chappelle asked him, right? Well, not like he just walked Walked on stage. stage. Hey, I own this place, Dave. He's not going to do that. Yeah, he was asked. Although so, he probably does own the stage. In a way, I suppose you could say that. He bought it over the weekend. <laughs> so the crowd is booing. Boo. Oh, well, of course they don't like him, no. Apparently, Chappelle said, yeah, I've noticed all those people are booing. It's uh, They have terrible seats. It's coming from all the way up there. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. So then this morning, Musk took on his critics. Tweeting, the woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters. <laughs> this is fun, man. Oh, it is. Having some fun. Um, and then he mentioned, you know, the bots are not coming to the top because he used a cupcake emoji <laughs> and a egg. Say, all of you come at me. Come on, let's see it. <laughs> then, oh, cool. Then the bots are not coming to the top. So it's going to be fun to watch all this play out. A um, lot of criticism over the Brittany Griner trade for the Merchant of Death, the arms dealer from Russia, Victor Boot. Um, and I did see this piece talking about that guy's already back to work. Yeah, he, he did a uh, interview on state television talking about the special military operation, which is the euphemism that Russia uses for their invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. He said uh, it should have happened sooner. Honestly. Okay. So the guy that we traded away is already back to work fighting against us. Yeah. In Ukraine. But, you know, I saw on the front of the Today Show first images from Brittany Griner being home. And it was a feel-good, a heart warmer for everybody. It is. Yeah. This is where we have to explain again. Nothing personal against Brittany Griner. Oh. At all. Yeah. But it's just when you're talking about as far as trading prisoners, holy smokes, that was not a fair trade at all. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm If glad we would have got back Paul Whalen, you could argue it wouldn't have been a fair trade. But at least we would have had a Marine. Well, it's kind of interesting to see who went back to work first, too. <laughs> this is true. I mean, Boot went back to work before oh. she... He went to ZipRecruiter, and there was all these openings. <laughs> Wanted Russian arms dealer. Arms dealer. <laughs> it's a hard position to fill, Dave. It is, yeah. He's got <laughs> that connections. Skill, that skill set is very narrow, yeah. <laughs> and on the Today Show, I forget the exact verbiage. I was yeah. kind of in and out. 
but it was something to the extent that Brittany Griner was back on the floor and she was dunking already. She's 6'9", <laughs> I hope. <laughs> like... Like it's like some six two still got the still got the jumpers still got the springs nothing wrong there. No, a six nine person. If you can't dunk, you better go get evaluated. Sounds like a ready made Kamala Harris uh, Ed quote too. She's dunking. You can see with your own eyes. Well, I, I will say, I mean, you spend a month in a Russian labor camp, and she's actually found some new techniques to bring with her to the gym. So, yeah. Yeah. and oh man, uh, also making news. Kevin McCarthy, Republican, is vowing to subpoena 51 intel veterans in the Hunter Biden probe. Remember, we had the 51 mm -hmm. intel that were all saying this is Russian propaganda. What yeah. this Hunter Biden laptop information is like, hey, man, those people are lying and they know they're lying. What happens to them? So this is one of those. I admit, David, I see the story. It's Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. And that's his commitment. Okay, because he wants to be, you know, speaker again. Um, and I'm sitting here going, nothing's going to come of that. Well, no, what can actually come of it? Honestly, I, I, I don't know what what you would find that would land any of them in jail or anything like that. What I'm, I'm not going to listen to some uh, intelligence community official that I'd never heard of until 2020. I it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I, doesn't really make sense. I think this is more of a political move, honestly. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing really you can do other than don't trust the media that lied to you about them. Now, if you are lying to Congress, mm -hmm. you can end up in jail. Theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically, right? Because when people are asking the question, and this is a different story than the 51 intelligence veterans, but say former CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, when he lied to Congress saying, we don't shadow ban. No, mm -hmm. we don't do that. We don't stifle information, blah, 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 whatever. You can go to jail for that. Mm -hmm. The question is, will he go to jail for that? No. No, he won't. He'll fall in the sort of, well, he didn't know that it was going on. For the people that knew. Yeah, nobody and told lied. him. Yeah. Will they go to jail? And I think we'd all sit here and say probably not. Probably not. Oh, no. Well, well, I, I don't know how many people involved would have been under oath testifying in front of Congress even. So if you're caught, though, at the same time, mm -hmm. none of us believe you'd probably end up in jail. Uh, right. That's got to stop, doesn't it? Why wouldn't you lie to Congress? Mm -hmm. Well, if there's no consequence, sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's take, Scott, for instance, you're called in front of Congress, right? Mm -hmm. My guess is you're going to start chirping like a bird. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm selling everybody out. Are you kidding you're, me? You're, what I'm saying is you're going to tell the truth because yeah. you'd be scared. No, well, yeah. Hopeless, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. <laughs> this dude's going to start volunteering information that no one was asking about. <laughs> like, yeah. Rat me out for, like, unpaid parking tickets or something. You want Van Camp? I'll, I'll deliver Van Camp, okay? My guess is there's a whole lot of people in America that would be the same way. Oh, these yeah. pe not at all with these yeah. people. Well, at some point, don't you have to make an example of somebody? Well, I, I again, I, I just go back to uh, can you prove that uh, Jack Dorsey knowingly lied to Congress when he said, no, we're not censoring based on viewpoint? Uh, can Could you actually have some plausible deniability on his part? And then as far as the other people... They were lying 
to media outlets. They were lying to the public, but they weren't lying under oath. So I don't know what, what crime they would have committed. Bring them under oath now. In light of everything. Okay. I know that's the plan. Yeah. That is the plan. Prague Agarwal or however you say his name. The guy that all told us, hey, man, free speech is not my goal. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but he actually said it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, some of the voices that don't get amplified. Right. We want to raise them up. It's not so much about free speech. No, you got to bring those people forward. Meanwhile, with the whole Hunter Biden laptop story, this is a completely different story. But you know how Hunter Biden and his crew are planning for that? Huh. A few lawsuits yeah. of their own. Yeah, they're suing everybody. Against yeah. who? Uh, let's see. Fox News. <laughs> uh, the New York Post. Um, they're going to sue all these different people. Good luck with that, bud. Good luck. Fox News, Eric Trump, Rudy Giuliani, just to name a few. Tony Bobolinsky. Going to sue Bobolinsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he went on Fox with Tucker and talked about, yeah, he was business partners with these guys. Well, it was Hunter Biden. But then, of course, he knew Joe yep. and Joe's brother, James. There was another guy in that group, and he told his story. So they're going to go after those people. Oh, man, I would love it if he if he actually does try to drag Bobolinsky in particular into court because – that was the most astounding thing heading into the 2020 election. You have an, a, a primary source, somebody who was involved in the business deals, mm-hmm. going on the record on the most watched cable news show in America, detailing what he knew and what was going on. And mm-hmm. this guy, by the way, is not some like right-wing partisan hack. I mean, th- this guy, Ro Khanna from a progressive representative, Democrat in the House of Representatives, Came out and vouched for him at just his character in general. He didn't know anything about what what Biden was doing, but I mean, well, he says. Uh, but Rokana was saying, "No, this guy's been trustworthy. I I would trust him." Um, and period. The end. I would love to have a lawsuit between Hunter Biden and Tony Bobolinsky because then Bobolinsky's got got nothing to lose. Then it's all right. Here's all the documents. Here you go. Well, yeah, and I mean. Do I believe for a second that Hunter Biden and his lawyers really want to go after anybody? No, because you're opening yourself up for all these bits of information to come out. I think it's just to say, well, I'm suing them. Okay, I'm suing them because they're trying to defame me. Right. Well, yeah, that's all this is. (laughs) But, you know, when that happens, legacy media will cover that. Right. And also ask, you know, try to establish what harm to his reputation was actually done. Because the things that he's admitted to are actually worse. At least in terms of your reputation as a yeah, person. The only thing better about all this would be if Michael Avenatti were not in jail and could represent him. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. You know, remote work is very popular, Scott. <laughs> That's Maybe right. Michael Avenatti will get in on this. Yeah. Right. Um, totally different story out there. I just found it to be interesting. We'll see where it goes. We've heard a lot about investments. You invest money, it ends up going to woke causes. Yeah. Or that a bank can control your money that if, well, you don't believe certain things. And there's been a pushback on that. And, David, you had talked about the story out of Florida, started there, with Ron DeSantis saying, hey, as far as where we're investing our money, as far mm-hmm. as 401ks and stuff like that, for 
employees of Florida. We're not going to use, was it BlackRock? Yeah. Done. Not doing that because of all the woke stuff with BlackRock. Mm -hmm. On a smaller scale, John Rich, country music legend, along with Larry Elder and Dr. Ben Carson, purchased a bank to promote American values and oppose cancel culture in the financial system. Did you guys see the story? I have not. I don't know where it goes. But the three co-founders, it says in the story, saw it at Daily Wire, cleared regulatory hurdles to acquire First State Bank of Elmore City, Oklahoma. It's the state's first and oldest bank and will rename the financial institution Old Glory Bank. In the press release, the company said... Will never cancel law-abiding customers for their beliefs and for exercising their lawful rights of free speech. John Rich said it's been dismaying to see the political weaponization of the financial system. Old Glory Bank was created to be the full banking solution for folks who still believe in freedom and the greatness of America. And so it won't just be for this bank in Oklahoma. It'll be for people across the country. I don't know if it works or not, but I love the fact that they're trying, yeah. if nothing else. Oh, you kidding me? The Biden administration is going to crack down on them hard. I'm sure they will, but there's yeah. going to be more that pop up, but people just keep doing that and fighting back. And people actually say, you know what? I'm going to take my money out where it is right now. I want to support these types of banks. That whole type of movement would be outstanding. Would love to see that. I'd trust Dr. Ben Carson with my cash. Yeah. John Rich? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm ride a horse. Save a cowboy. Well, John Rich, yes, his partner. He can party a little bit now. I'm not sure about that. All right, news update straight ahead. Hi. The Monthly Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Friends shared a headline. I'm like, this isn't real. It can't be real. Oh, goodness. It's real. From the Daily Beast. I'm just seeing this right now. Yeah? Why younger men of color are joining white supremacist groups. What? <laughs> no. Yes. Is that is that the onion? What is that? No, this is the beast, the Daily Beast. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It all comes full circle to Dave Chappelle, doesn't it? I just, I thought exactly the same thing. Yes. Holy smokes. Dave Chappelle's oh, a visionary, no. man. No. Unlock article. I had it for a second. They just locked me out. <laughs> I heard you I'm talking about it. You're done. Okay, we'll get this for later. <laughs> not going to sign up right now. <laughs> I kicked you off. That's too good. Holy smokes. Yes. Why younger men of color are joining white supremacist groups. Wow, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> well, it all depends on what they call white supremacy. Oh. I'm, I'm convinced, seriously. If you are a person of color that think of things in a conservative way, you're at least a friend of white supremacy, correct? That's what they that what well, yes, well, that's what yeah. liberal media and politicians say. Yes, you're you're right. carrying water for white supremacists. Yes. So I don't know if that's where that comes from or not, but we'll we'll try to figure that out. <laughs> it's actually just like one wow. anecdote of a black guy joining a gun club. He, well, you know a lot of black people at the gun club, David. Yes. 
but the but Daily they're Beast all part of white supremacy. But a lot of writers at the Daily Beast, one, have never been to a gun club, and two, uh, don't true. actually know any black people. That's probably true. Yeah. Oh, before we get on to the next story, speaking of gun club, how was Santa at the gun club? Over I was the just going to wonder that Oh, myself. Santa at the gun club? Uh, it was yeah. good. Yeah, it was great. Well, looked like kids were having a good time. Well, my daughter, it was the first time that we'd ever done the Santa thing because you had COVID and all this stuff. So it was like the Santa thing wasn't really available to her. So she was terrified. Uh, she wanted to go and look at the pistols, but... But she's a year and a half older than her little brother. Yeah. I saw the picture of the little brother. He had his chin out like, you want some, Santa? Little little brother looked like he was about to kick Santa's ass. It was crazy. (laughs) He's like standing there looking at it. Didn't want to sit on his lap, which honestly, it's one of those things. Again, I've never taken my kids. They're one and three. Never Mm -hmm. taken them to go see Santa. And I'm glad that it is hardwired into their brains to not just rush and go sit on a stranger's lap. Yeah, I am okay with that. It's there was a little twist at the gun club, though. What do you mean? Ruger the Red Nosed Reindeer was there. <laughs> Ruger the Red Dot Reindeer. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Oh, gosh. It just, just to stir it up within your family, I can't wait to, to tell the boy. Just say to your sister, why you got to be such a girl? <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, man. That'll be fun. Oh, I saw this little piece. Um, I don't hear it as much anymore that you're so busy, David, with kids. You were more of a foodie when you had a lot more time Mm -hmm. to cook. But they did this whole list of the year's unexpected food combos. Have you heard of anyone putting pizza and applesauce together? No. That doesn't sound horrible to me, though. Mm. Sushi with ranch? Gosh. (laughs) Fruit roll-ups and hot Cheetos? (laughs) No. Pickles and whipped cream. Ugh. Popcorn and pickle juice. No way. Yeah. Gross. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So more Twitter files, eh, David? Yeah, Barry Weiss is uh, dropping the latest round. What is this? Round five now of internal communication surrounding decisions that Twitter employees were making uh, when it comes to who they should censor and who they should not. And part of this, the jumping off point, is about the decision to ban Donald Trump from Twitter, to kick him off the platform after the Capitol riot. And so I've seen some people coming to the defense of Twitter, and it's like, we literally had an insurrection. No, we didn't. We didn't literally have an insurrection. Shut up. The Capitol riot was terrible. It should have never happened. Agreed. But But it's not an insurrection. Stop it. Yeah, generally speaking, insurrections don't end when people just kind of take a selfie and wander away. Correct. Um, anyway, though, uh, what Barry Weiss lays out, though, is, is comparisons to other world leaders. For example, the prime minister uh, of India, the government, in February of 2021, so uh, less than a month after the Capitol riot, uh, threatened to arrest Twitter employees in India and to jail them for up to seven years after they restored hundreds of accounts that had been critical of them. Twitter didn't ban anyone from that government. <laughs> 
Uh, but they did ban Trump, even though even key staffers within the discussions said, well, this really doesn't this doesn't qualify as like a call to arms or an incitement of violence. It doesn't really make any sense. And there were other examples of other leaders around the world who had made inflammatory and sometimes literal calls for violence who did not get banned. Dude, the one from 2018, the Ayatollah. Yeah. In Iran. Did you see that one? Well, there. Yeah. I mean, I've seen he, he has a lot to say about the Jews and about Israel. It needs to be eradicated and yeah. it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. That, Whoa. Well, that's fine, according to Twitter. So there's this interesting back and forth. But then the interesting thing is two days or I'm sorry. Yeah, it was two days after the Capitol riot. And I guess it was the day that they banned Donald Trump from Twitter. All of a sudden, people realize, oh, we have more power than we thought we even did before. and Because you had all those people at Twitter demanding that he be booted. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to medical misinformation. And now they're saying, hey, you know what? We've got these tools now, and we can actually apply whatever rules we want to, to whoever it is. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's consistent or not. Maybe we need to tackle uh, medical disinformation a little bit more, which is now they're saying a broader term, not just COVID now. COVID, they write, is just one disease. Medical misinformation is a broader problem, and we could start cracking down on all of it. And who knows what's real and what's not? Who gets to decide? They get to decide. Yep. So not Dr. J. Bhattacharya. No. The expert from Stanford, not him, because I forget if he was, what do they call it, blacklisted or he was severely compromised on Twitter. They Mm -hmm. basically made sure he didn't go, quote, viral. Yeah. He couldn't trend on Twitter. Isn't this the definition of fascism? Well, I I think in a lot of ways, as you read through a lot of these Twitter files, <clears throat> and sometimes, to me, the format of how they're being released is a little bit hard to follow because it's, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, Twitter threads. So you're getting mm-hmm. it, you know, very little bits of information at a time instead of one article. And it's kind of hard to follow a central theme to any of it. Uh, and that's kind of been frustrating to me personally, is that, you know, you're following it. And it's like, OK, this seems significant, but I don't know what's about to come out next and all this stuff. Sure. But one of the takeaways that I've had with all of this is that you had a lot of people who are fundamentally weak who were waking up to the idea that they are associated with a platform that's incredibly powerful. And they get to decide what is true and what is not true. And in fact, they can exercise that even even on, at the time, a sitting president of the United States. We can actually do that. And then they realized right. we can, because who's going to stop us? And, and so, we can control it all. And so there had been this sort of slow drip for years, and all of a sudden all these kids who got bullied in high school or whatever get to take out their pound of flesh because they have the platform now. And the people at the top were too weak to say no. I mean, even some of the people who wound up, ta- like uh, what's his name, who t- wound up taking over as the CEO after Jack Dorsey left, when they were having these discussions about whether or not to boot Trump from the platform altogether, uh, he said that, you know, that I think centralized content moderation, meaning a few dorks in San Francisco 
deciding mm-hmm. what's true and what's not, has reached, in his words, a breaking point. But publicly, he didn't say that because he was afraid of the backlash. And now that's one of the reasons why I think you, you're having all the shrieking with Elon Musk going in and firing a bunch of people. Because suddenly, now for the first time in a couple of years, they're realizing, oh, yeah, I actually am still just kind of a weak person. I don't have that power anymore. Correct. It's wild, man. Again, it's all so hard to, <clears throat> to follow and connect the dots to, except it always comes back to one place. That is the suppression of anybody who they didn't agree with. And again, man, it's probably worth playing. I want to hear this. It's only 30 seconds. And it is that guy, Prague Agarwal. Oh, yeah. The Twitter CEO talking about free speech. Roll it. Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation. And our moves are reflective of things that we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. The kinds of things that we uh-huh. we do to what about this is to focus less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. See, hmm. different time. Yeah. And now a guy like Prague can really decide. One of the changes today that we see is speech is easy on the internet. Most people can speak. Where our role is particularly emphasized is who can be heard. Yeah, you can speak, but we're going to amplify who can be heard. Mm -hmm. And we'll choose who we want to be heard. And if you're somebody we don't want to be heard from, we will suppress it. And that's exactly what they did. Wow. Okay. Meanwhile, don't question whether or not the trade for Brittany Griner with that arms dealer was good or not. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Well, then you are sexist and homophobic. And? And, well, racist. Yeah. But, yeah, so you should just know that, that if you have a problem with swapping a notorious Russian terrorist for Brittany Griner, that's racist and probably harmful to the LGBTQ, LMNOP, Alpha, Omega, One, whatever, (laughs) community. Uh, That's according to Georgetown Professor Nola Haynes reacting to the bipartisan criticism of the trade. Okay. Have we heard from her before? Um, Something else? Maybe a, a couple oh, of times. Oh, no, the real nuts from Rutgers. I forget her name. Oh, Who yeah. is really over the edge. Oh, there's a lot of these. Go ahead. You cannot separate the role that identity is playing in this large international situation. Brittany Griner is a LGBTQIA black woman who is also a celebrity. So to politicize this, you're also bringing in race. You're bringing in gender. You know, you're you're bringing in um, uh, sexual preferences and all these things. So these are dog whistles. Dog whistle? (laughs) Listen, you idiot. If the Russian arms dealer like to cross-dress and have sex with men, I don't care. It doesn't matter. He's an arms dealer. Yeah. We traded an arms dealer for a basketball player. No one cares what color she is. No one cares who she sleeps with. It was a terrible trade. Do you ever get tired of just dealing in race hustling? Probably not, because that's probably your friggin' career. None of these were said when Trevor Reed was released. Yeah. And this idea that a uh, was, yeah. was left behind uh. is dangerous. Trevor yeah. Reed? So Trevor Reed uh, was sprung. He was swapped for a Russian pilot who planned to bring cocaine into the U.S. Mm-hmm. Not an international arms dealer who profited off of murdering Americans. There is a huge difference between but, those two. 
you got to know better. You got to bring in cocaine to the southern border. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Cocaine, Good please. Good Idiot. point. Yeah. It's dangerous and it can really spark a lot of pushback from people who aren't very interested yeah. in, you know, finding out the actual truth. They're just listening to these talking points and they're repeating them. Oh. So it's intentional disinformation and then people hear That's disinformation? Yeah. To say it was a terrible trade? Yes. <laughs> People pay huge amounts of money to be taught something by this person. And then go out and spread misinformation. And that's okay. really the problem here. Yeah. And on top of, of the fact that Brittany Griner is a woman of color who is also a gay woman. So we cannot we cannot take that out of the equation, too. It's really unfortunate yeah, that she can. has to come home to this. You can certainly take that out of the equation. <laughs> Dude. By the way, if, if you were with us earlier... Um, and you heard uh, the headline from the Daily Beast that white supremacy is racially diverse. In other words, uh, they put out this piece of why young men of color are joining white supremacist groups. Um, I tried. I'm not paying a nickel to read anything from the Daily Beast. There was one I could click on that said, are they really your friends if they don't read your work? Authors want their work to be read, especially by their friends, right? This writer discovered that it's not that simple. Well, I don't care about that either, because that just sounds so daily beast and so focused on me, 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 me. But I did see Hot Air covered that Daily Beast story about white supremacy. Um, and I guess it's not that there are not and have not been genuine white supremacists. It's just that white supremacy has become a term like woman. The left has taken the syllables we all thought we understood and replaced the meaning with something entirely different. Yes, that is true. Um, but I guess what they're saying in this thing is you have young men of color under some sort of spell of power that are joining up with white supremacists. I don't quite understand it. It's probably going to take more for me to really understand it. So they are rebelling against some the anti-racist movement of critical race theory they're not buying into it right and so according to people like from the daily beast they're joining white supremacy instead of just finding out what real truth is you just kind of pile on and keep calling names like a white supremacist or a racist or whatever okay uh consumer news out there this is totally different um so at car dealerships it's been tough for a while just because of the chip issue, mm -hmm. it's hard to find used cars mm -hmm. for a long time, um, batteries. But there's another shortfall, apparently right now, that is vexing the auto industry. Mm -hmm. I just saw this Wall Street Journal. It is the lack of a certain sort of paper that you would use on the title. You know, that's like a specific kind of paper. What? Really? Yes. I don't think I've ever noticed that. I don't know if you've ever paid off a car to actually have the title in your hand. You know what? I'll have you know, sir. I have no car payments, I'm, and I've paid I'm off two cars. I'm joking. Costs. All right. Well, don't be spreading that type of misinformation. <laughs> it's harmful. <laughs> yes. Yes, the lack of this paper used to show ownership is now keeping from sales from going oh, through. Oh, gosh. Jeez, we need to call Michael Scott. We already have a vice president who speaks like him. <laughs> I will not have you disrespect Michael Scott like that. We do need the paper products, though. Yes. Y yes. My goodness.
We better start making things in this country again, I'm thinking. Good idea. Okay. Boy, all of this. And Johnny Knoxville is being sued for a prank. Did you hear about that? I'm serious about that. He is being sued for a prank. We'll see if you think he's got a case or not. Straight ahead right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, before we get to the Johnny Knoxville story, what's this story, David? Who's coming to the White House? Oh, yeah, a, a drag queen is going to the White House <laughs> apparently tomorrow. What for? Uh, President Biden is going to be uh, signing uh, the, what do they call it, Respect for Marriage Act. And so uh, in order to celebrate this, uh, oh, right. they want to bring a drag queen. The No Respect for Religious Liberty Act. No. Got it. Yeah, and, and so and I, I just think about a couple of the dudes I know who are gay who mm-hmm. for years talking about, man, you know, I just want to be able to get married, just want to be able to, you know, buy a house together, leave something to my husband, you know, when I die. I, I just want the law to recognize uh, recognize my desire to be married to somebody that I care about, that I love. And now Biden's bringing in a freaking drag queen. Makes a complete mockery of the whole thing. It's like, it's like uh, signing a criminal justice reform bill and bringing in the original cast of Amos and Andy. I mean, it's. Cr- <laughs> well, from a you know, I don't understand from a marginalized community why you won't accept others from the marginalized community. Isn't that the pushback? Okay, I got another. I got no problem with 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 gay people. I have a problem with freak shows. So you are a transphobe. I don't care if you want to be trans. Stay the hell away from the kids. But this is at the White House. There's not going to be any kids there, David. Uh-huh. You know the pushback. Well, that's the thing, coming. though. It's it's not even really a trans person. A drag queen is something completely different. So, uh, yeah, can you explain to me the uh, difference? I think the, because it would be the the trans someone person, that's go ahead. The trans person is somebody who wants to live their lives as the opposite sex, um, which. You know, again, as mental illness, most of us recognize that for years until the last, I don't know, five years or so. Um, but the drag is just for fun and drag, dress up sometimes. Drag is generally guys who like to dress up as women and, and dance in front of people. And more recently, in front of children, which is extremely disturbing. They told Biden it was race cars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I love that car. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, race cars. Yeah. Boy, that is really interesting. And we've talked about this before. Within that sort of community, the Alphabet Gang, man, there's a lot of fighting going on. Doesn't get a whole lot of pub, but that's part of it right there. As far as Johnny Knoxville goes, you know, he and his buddies, some good-natured pranking, right? They like to give each other a hard time. Yeah, Think of this went over the top. There's a dude, Khalil Khan. All right, and he was a handyman on the new show, The Prank Patrol. Well, they pranked him. He was called to a home to fix an electric dimmer switch. When he got there, the owner told him he knew jujitsu and would beat him up if he didn't do it right. Within minutes, a young girl ran into the room screaming that Khan had killed her pony. She and the homeowner led him to a room where there appeared to be a pony on life support. Jesus. Because he had cut the power to the machine and the pony died. <laughs> the guy the guy freaked out, and oh. now he's going after Johnny Knoxville saying it was over the top. Oh, I was freaked out. Does he have a case? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. We can get more into that later, but the biggest 
Story of the day. You're still laughing at that story. Probably should have gave that more time. <laughs> Pretty good bit, man. Pretty good gag. <laughs> I can't tell you, dude. <laughs> it's it is it's it's quite a prank to pull off on somebody. Well, the, I ran out of time with the story. The dude looked outside and saw his car was also being towed, <laughs> and he took out his phone to call the cops. And one of the towing guys held up a white bag of powder. Said, if you call the police, you're going to get arrested for possession of cocaine. He's oh, like, gosh, it's not mine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in a panic. Oh, man. So then Johnny came out. It's a prank. It's a prank. <laughs> anyway, the Robin's Trifecta News update back. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial. The sexy boomer. You know that's Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I heard him laughing. Sorry, I'm just laughing at the reactions. I'm not really sure why people are so upset at Elon Musk right now. Uh, I mean, because what, what, what did he do other than uh, help to expose private conversations that were being had within Twitter to justify the actions that they took? Which, if you're just taking a step back, were pretty inexplicable. Even We all lived through it. We all knew it. But I guess yes. if you're in mainstream media and you live and die based on, you know, Twitter being able to confirm your priors, then this is a big deal. I don't know, because the other big piece of action that he's taken is cracking down on child exploitation videos and photos on Twitter. So it's not I a think great... both of those things. I think it's a lot of people, legacy media, realize a lot of the country had no idea that this was really going on. Yeah. Because how many times did legacy media go out there and say, oh, this shadow banning, it's not happening. It's yeah. been debunked. So they got caught in the lie because they knew it. So that's part of it. And then, yeah, with the other story, too. Yeah. Well, what do you say if you're Jack Dorsey and you knew about child porn on your platform yeah. and really didn't do anything about it? I, I would, and then if you're the CEO, Brog Agarwal... And you had someone come to you and say, we got a problem here. We need more resources. And the person says, no, we're not going to put any money toward that. Are you freaking kidding? Yeah. Oh. I would say it's also just kind of a bad look if you hear that Elon Musk is cracking down on child exploitation media. And your reaction is, well, I'm not using Twitter anymore. Right. <laughs> red flag, red flag. MSNBC has the headline, it's an emerging reality that Twitter is being run as a dictatorship. And like any dictator, Elon Musk appears sensitive about his power and arbitrary in his judgments. Uh, Alexander Venman, remember? This is the guy who was like the hero yep. of Donald Trump's first impeachment, this loser. Who yeah, like overheard someone saying something about Ukraine and weapons and all this stuff. And, well, that made him a reliable witness. Uh, he writes, Twitter is dying. That's okay. If anything else, it needs to be killed off soonest. Uh, Elon Musk cannot be allowed to promote dangerous radical views, hate speech. Oh, God, I am so nope. tired. Imagine, nope. imagine Gables <laughs> with a bigger platform and wider reach. <laughs> okay. Uh, Charles Booker, a politician. Uh, my pronouns are he and him, and Elon Musk is inciting violence. No, he's not. You need to get over your feelings. Are we doing the Nazi stuff again? Oh, yeah. That I'm never sure really we will. I mean, with the Goebbels thing. Are we doing this again? Yeah. Are we going back to this? That's what they usually do to get attention. There's like yeah. three inflammatory things. Disinformation, violence, 
You get there. It's in, it's constructed in every single sentence. Everyone. It, it's to the point it means nothing anymore. It does. You're right. It's, it's like being called a racist. My next point is like it goes right over your head. It just is is yeah. noise at some point. It's just a whining child. It it is petulant, stompy foot going on. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Robert Keep Reich. Going. Remember that? Oh no. He's like that three foot tall weirdo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who was in the Clinton administration? He's supposedly an economist, but he's very bad at describing how the economy functions. He's, he's not so very busy. Good I'm surprised he's got time. He's been the he's, yeah. he's Santa's helper. Well, this so the, year. So, right. I mean, this guy actually sat on his booster seat and got his. Uh, it, he's got a smaller version of the phone because his thumbs are too tiny; they can't really reach. And it's plastic, but hey. yeah. Uh, he writes, Elon Musk and his enablers have turned this website into a torrent of ad hominem attacks, lies floated as jokes, and blatant misinformation. God. Where the hell have you been, man? No that's, kidding. That's what that's Twitter's calling card, is that it's a bunch of people screaming at each other. Where are the receipts from any of these people? Yeah. <laughs> it's turned into A, B, and C. How? Because you don't want the truth to come out. With any of this stuff, just ask. What's the truth? That's what we should all be after. But there's a whole group of people that are terrified of the truth. They don't want it to come out. Because then they're caught. Yep. It's game over. All right, you ready for your big three of the day? Yeah, set? let the rock and roll. Okay, let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, Scott Robbins is back with the trifecta. Top three stories of the day. I asked Casey the other day if he wanted to hang around when you weren't here, and he said uh, no. He wanted to wait until... Really? You were back. Isn't that true? Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah. So I think he's been ready for a while. I'm ready. Yes. Top three of the day, starting, of course, with three. Number three. He dashed me some food, by the way, while I was ill. (laughs) Oh, that's very nice. I miss you. (laughs) I know. That's what you said in the card. It's Mm -hmm. very nice. Uh, Number three, Illinois Democratic Representative-elect Eric Sorensen was so mad at Elon Musk that he claims he went out and bought a car. This guy. (laughs) I read this and went, this is so Eric Sorensen. Uh, Yeah, Illinois Democratic Congressman Eric Sorensen, proud to be Illinois' first elected LGBTQRS representative ever. But perhaps even more than that, he's proud to be the owner of a brand new, ladies and gentlemen, Chevy Bolt. He went out and got himself an electric vehicle. Okay. Eric tweeted it out. My pronouns are her, him. I believe in science, and I support Dr. Fauci. Continued bad actions kept me from buying a Tesla. And now I'm ecstatic to have made my choice. I bought a Bolt. It's sitting in my driveway now. Look at it. Have you uh, seen, by the way, uh, that actually he was talking about buying it last year? Yes. On Twitter? That yes. He, and he bought it last year, evidently. Yes. Yes. But he couldn't make the big splash. This, right. Right. Oh, gosh. I got so pissed at Elon Musk I went out and bought a car. Even though I've already had it. Yes. Yeah. I would say, Jamie, two words to describe Eric Sorensen right now. Yeah. Stunning brave. <laughs> what We're a getting guy. closer and closer to number one. Pinhead, that guy. All right. Scott Robbins trifecta yeah. up to number two. Number two, uh, John Dean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Watergate guy. The Watergate guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Flipped on Nixon and whatnot. 
Yeah. Uh, John Dean wants Elon Musk sued because Twitter isn't fun anymore. That's right. What? John Dean tweeted this out. I am looking for a lawyer slash law firm that will file a class action suit against Elon Musk. For many of us who were here along before he arrived, he's turned Twitter into too many ways to explain in a tweet. Bad ways. So he ruined Twitter. Okay. So John Dean's going to stop him. He's going to stop the uh, suppression of people and removing the bias. He's going to sue him. None of these people explain <laughs> what their biggest complaint is. They don't. And you're left wondering, aren't you? I am. Well, aren't the stats saying that there's more users and the interaction has gotten greater since he took over? Maybe he's going to sue for trauma. <laughs> After Elon Musk took it over at sleepless nights and everything. I don't know. John Dean's a lawyer, by the way. Can't imagine why he went to prison. <laughs> now, on with the countdown. Well, he had that little disbarment thing, so I don't think technically he's a lawyer anymore. But The Scott Robbins trifecta, yes. top three stories of the day, and yes. up to one. Uh, Harry Potter writer J.K. Rowling is trying to help women who've been abused, and yeah. trans activists uh, can't deal with it. She's putting her money where her mouth is. J.K. Rowling is opening a place called Beerus Place. She said this is a new service. We will provide service, advocacy, and information for women, women survivors of sexual violence, age 16 and over. This is in Edinburgh, by the way. Please web, visit our website for full details. They want to know how this thing goes, and when they roll it out, and they'll hopefully have satellite offices around the country from after that. Okay. So you can read all about it. It's pretty cool. She's putting her own, and not for any government money, by the way. It's her own money funding this. Uh, and, of course, the tweets followed. She's been a multimillionaire for decades, yet only chooses now to fund this just to make a political statement. And what are they going to do? Big people pull their pants down to identify whatever it is they are if it's only women. Golly. Yeah. Don't like the fact that uh, women put money and time into a rape crisis center. Damn them. Okay. Remember that, that conversation, wasn't it in Alaska a few years ago, where there was a women's shelter? And there was such huge backlash because they didn't want a trans woman in there. And I remember thinking, well, this is crazy, okay? This is not a time for your personal uh, fantasies to be acted out. I mean, you have women who've been through incredible trauma. They really don't need to run the risk of running into a man in, Correct. in, in the locker room or, or in the facilities there. That, that's insanity. Yes, it is. Yeah. That was one of the first big controversies that I remember talking about. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? This is common sense. Yeah. So there you go. And there you have it. And there you have it. Trifecta. All right. Got an update on something. Uh, and you were out late last week, but there was this 14-year-old girl um, needs a transplant. Oh, I read this story. Yeah, it's terrible. Duke? Terrible. Won't do it because she hasn't been vaccinated. Vaccine. Unbelievable. Uh, there's been a fundraiser, and it's going gangbusters. They've raised over $230,000 in just a couple of days. She's going to be able to get that transplant, it's looking like. Well, I was I was on a transplant list for a while. I remember this. And there is criteria that has to be met. Like, if you're a booze hound, you better not be boozing or you won't get one. Yes. You know, or drug use or th illicit things like that, right? Because you were on a list for kidneys. Yeah. 
That was 2015, 2016 after your heart attack. 2016, I had to go to the meetings and everything, yeah. But they were very clear on that. Yeah. That if you're self-destructing, if you're doing it to yourself, there ain't no way you're getting one. But the miraculous thing was, and I think it was less than a 2% chance yours were ever going to kick back in, but they they did. did. They did, but I I understand that there's a criteria that has to be met. But this is insanity. Oh, because Uh, this didn't have the COVID vaccine. We don't even know if this thing is... Who knows? Well, how many countries say, no, anybody under the age of right. 18, sometimes it's 30, males under 40, don't get vaccinated. Nuts. Nuts. We don't recommend it. Yeah, it's crazy here. All right. Thank you, Scott. News update. Nimrod's in the news you don't want to miss. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Before we get to Nimrod's news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, well, uh, we've been following this story for quite some time now at a Loudoun County, Virginia, where school officials there covered up uh, rape at one of their schools because they were afraid it might derail the whole trans bathroom push. Because yeah. the, the rapist it, wore a skirt and he wound yep. up raping somebody and then raped another girl when he got moved to a different school. So a grand jury has been impaneled uh, to investigate this, what the school district knew. Uh, and when they knew it, and they have now handed down, or I'm sorry, the indictments have been unsealed there against the superintendent and against the public information officer. Uh, Against the PIO, it was a a felony uh, perjury charge, and then against the uh, superintendent, I think it was three misdemeanors that he's facing right now. Well, better than nothing. Could be more. But you can't. I mean, it's disgusting what's happened there and the way the adults have acted. Well, also, I am, again, this is totally a side story, but it is kind of shocking to me that this doesn't get more national media attention because, I mean, I shouldn't be shocked, but I am still. Uh, Because, I mean, a few years ago, this story would have had everything. That yes. makes for a national, a compelling national news story. Not to, you know, deprioritize the harm that this kid did and that school district officials committed. But, I mean, you've got a school district wanting to pass a piece of legislation in the school board, openly mm-hmm. lying about a rape. But it's protecting the <laughs> trans community. Right. That's I, what it's all about. They are so afraid that... You're going to do harm to the to to this uh, to this disadvantaged community if you tell the truth about something. I mean, it it's to me. I would say it's the activist class that's taken this a little bit too hard. I mean, if you look at this story about a kid who uh, was apparently trans or at least liked to wear skirts or whatever, uh, raping somebody, and you think that that means all trans people are rapists, then you're the one who really has a hang up about trans people. I mean, in the end, it's very simple biological boys do not belong in a girl's locker room or bathroom period it's not hard stop it they won't many different times we said just stay away from the kids they won't stay away from the kids they have displayed that so you got to fight it just what it is um oh before we get to nimrods the end of the johnny knoxville story if you were with us earlier so you got to say does this guy have a case or not because Johnny Knoxville has this new prank show called The Prank Patrol. 
And so his handyman for the show, they pulled a prank on him. His name is Khalil Khan. So, again, he was called to a home to fix an electric dimmer switch. He gets there. The owner told him, hey, I know jujitsu. If you don't do this right, I'm going to beat you up. So minutes later, this young girl runs into the room. You killed my pony. You killed my pony. She and the homeowner led him to a room then where there appeared to be a pony on life support. Supposedly, (laughs) Khan had cut the power to the machine and the pony died. So then Khan looks outside, his car's being towed, and when he took out his phone to call the cops, one of the towing guys holds up this big bag of white powder and says, hey, if you call the police, you're going to get arrested for possession of cocaine. By this point, Khan is in a panic, and he's suing Johnny Knoxville. And in the lawsuit, it says, in the span of just minutes, he had been threatened with being beat up, told he botched the repair job, accused of murdering a pony, had his car taken without his permission and now being told he would be arrested for possession of illegal narcotics. That's when Johnny came out and said, hey, I'm Johnny Maxwell. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, I'm sorry, man, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks for it. And the guy said, no, I'm traumatized. I've suffered a lack of sleep, anxiety, and emotional distress. Does he have a suit is the question. No. No. Well, if he throws January 6th in there, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. Okay, Nimrods in the News, Minnesota. This is going to be me in a few decades. Michael Powers, the guy's name. He opened fire on a squirrel who was on his bird feeder. Oh, God. No problem there, except, well, when he did it, he hit the house. Across from him, one of the bullets went to a child's bedroom. No. He's in a lot of trouble. You can't do that. And that's Nimrod's in the news.